are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Adam, I usually have a quippy thing to say here, but I, I don't have one. The Lakers suck tonight, and I just, I'm bringing the same energy. Last week, you told me it was all about the LeBron number one MVP. Why? Because Anthony um, doesn't need so Anthony guess, Davis. Guess who has the quippy response? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying this is fast. You said he doesn't need Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. You know, that turns out he's not, he doesn't have Anthony Davis. They lose by 25 to or 15 to the Detroit Pistons, the worst team in the NBA. They, you tell me it's all about the record. Well, now they almost have the same record. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I think you were wrong. I think I was right about that. I'm going to take a little victory lap. Make sure you stretch, warm up. We're getting a little older. If you're going to do a victory lap, you know, just make sure you limber up and, and, and I don't need you creeping up mid show here. It's a fact. (laughs) Today's show, as per usual, Adam and I are going to take you uh, around the NBA. There were four games on the slate on this Thursday night. Uh, So we're going to take you through those ones in the second segment. Look, there is a whole bunch of noise. You have Bradley Beal's wife saying she's sick of it on Twitter uh, Bradley Beal is is heading towards a trade. They asked him if he was frustrated. He said, "Is the sky blue?" <laughs> We're heading towards uh, the That's head of this situation at some point here. So Adam and I are going to give our five uh, favorite Bradley Beal destinations, and then to wrap up the show with this ep- this episode's version of the power rankings, uh, Adam and Adam is going to give you his surprise teams on either side of that coin: surprising good, surprising bad. And I'm going to react to uh, his surprises. Let's start, though, with the games around the NBA. The Houston Rockets beat the Portland Trailblazers at home. Uh, Victor Oladipo goes off for 25, 7, and 5. Damian Lillard goes for 39, and 4. Uh, this was a fun little, fun little game between yeah. two teams that are really trying to find their footing. Portland punched hard in that first quarter, got off to a 32-17 lead. Um, some great shot-making from Gary Trent Jr. tonight, who went 7 of 13, both early and late, although he did miss a, a potential, I think, game-tying or, or maybe a, a layup to put them up one. Had a really mm. good look at it and missed it. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, the story to me, you know, Utah – or I'm sorry, Houston obviously comes back and then does enough to hold on late to, to win this one. I, I want to start though, just talking about the Trailblazers because they might. There's a handful of teams this year that have just been unlucky through injuries, through COVID, or for whatever. They're yeah. near the top of the list there, in in my opinion, and they've been able to hold on. They're nine and eight, way better than I would have expected given the circumstances. But this kind of feels like, you know, Custer's last stand right here. They're they're this is the last chance they've got before I think things really turn south over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, things go better for them than it went for Custer. Well, sure. Sure. Uh, but, no, but, but seriously, man, I mean, you know, Damian Lillard tonight goes for 30 points, 11 of 23 shooting, not bad. Nine assists. I mean, he's doing everything he can. I mentioned Gary Trent jr. You can't count on seven, three pointers from him every night, but who else do you go to Harry Giles, two points tonight, two assists in 15 minutes. Not so great. Nasir little, you know, we got, uh, I, I just don't think that they have enough horses to, to kind of get it done. And then you look at down the list and there's just so many names on that injury report. I actually was interested in in Houston's side of this. Victor Oladipo, after the game, said basically yeah. that he keeps getting – people keep giving up on him. People keep giving up on him, and he's just yeah. used to this kind of thing. And, it, you know, it, it's the typical thing that athletes will say to kind of pump up themselves or whatever. But but I 
do you are you kind of pull, I'm pulling for him to kind of find a home in Houston. I know that right after the trade, there were the reports that he's still trying to force his way to Not even Miami. after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, those reports. Sure. You know what I'm, I'm talking yeah, about? I'm going to call BS on this, Anthony. Here's why. I am. I, I, I want I I. Not on I'd you. I like it when. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'm not calling BS on you. I'm calling BS on Victor usually Oladipo. Do. <laughs> well, I usually do. I, I see why you're confused. No, I'm calling it on Victor Oladipo. I mean, the reports he didn't want to be in Indiana when he was there. Didn't necessarily, you know, talking yeah. about oh, I'd like to be traded this or that. Gets to to Houston. Oh, I'd like to go here. I think he's giving up on where he goes <laughs> as much as people are giving up on him. I mean, I look, man. Touche. <laughs> We've talked about this a lot. The player empowerment era does not mean all players. Victor Oladipo for a while was a star, but not a superstar. Nowhere close to a superstar. And even now he's more of like a, you know, he's trying to rehab and become a star Mm -hmm. coming off of some injuries. So I I, I just don't buy this story about people not buying into him. He does have a home there. He did get 25 points today. He also got 23 shots, which Mm -hmm. I don't know how many teams are going to afford him that, you know, he's in a good landing spot right now. So to me, as much as I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but this to me, I watched that interview and it felt to me like, I don't know, you don't, you, yeah, setting the narrative that's not actually there, but you would like to be the story that's told. <laughs> that's fair. I just, I'm saying that I hope that he recognizes that it is a home. I'm right. saying that I, yeah, I'm hoping that it, it works out there. And sometimes, you know, you, you think you want something, and then you show up and you realize, oh, hey, actually, this is this is actually kind of cool. And yeah. that's what I'm hoping it turns into in Houston. Next game on the docket here, the Detroit Pistons, the juggernaut. That is the, yeah. the Detroit Pistons knocks off the the lowly Los Angeles Lakers without Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah. LeBron goes for 22, 10 and 7. Blake Griffin goes for 23 six and three Wayne Ellington went for roughly 3000 points. It felt like yeah, that's right. the Lakers it was offense. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I'm telling you every time you looked up, he was hitting a yeah. three, yeah, uh, yeah. but the, but the, uh, the Lakers offense fell off of a cliff and you would think that it would be the defensive side of things that they really suffered with. But the story of the game was Dennis Schroeder played 28 minutes in a game that didn't have Anthony Davis. And he shot, he, had, he got up eight shots, but uh, one of those was a heave. So technically speaking, the guy who held the ball for the longest uh, in the game, other than LeBron, shot seven times, uh, didn't commit a turnover, was, was really kind of non-existent out there. And it just kind of continues this trend of his where there's a whole bunch of people who are asking, hey, at what point do you give up on this experiment and just go with the guy that everybody knows is a better fit, and Alex Caruso in the starting lineup? So that's where that's where things sit in Lakerland. I think when I just look at this lineup, one of the things I look at is okay. You now move Mark Gasol into the rim roller, you know, spot. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you instead of him getting to be a five alongside of a rim roller, now he's the guy. He can't do that. So you're playing a completely different brand of basketball than you mm-hmm. usually would. You know, Montrez Terrell maybe can play that role in the small ball lineup, but it, it, so I just think to me, I look at that and I go, what makes LeBron at this age, but also LeBron and this Lakers team so dynamic, they got a bunch of role players that look great when you have an action that puts so much pressure on the rim. And that's the LeBron Anthony Davis pick and roll. You take that away and suddenly the ball might wind up in Schroeder's hands a lot without ability to score. And, you know, all these other guys that had been knocking down all kinds of shots, Caldwell Pope, we talked about him last week. He gets up one three-pointer today in in 28 minutes. I think Mm -hmm. those shots just not really manifesting themselves because you're not able to put pressure on the rim in the same way. Yeah. The other thing too, uh, the Lakers have now lost two games for the first time this season. 
They have Boston on Saturday. They have Atlanta to wrap up their road trip. And then they come home against Denver, which the first game after a long road trip is sometimes kind of a, a schedule loss as well. If they go on a five-game losing streak, just like Kyle Kuzma said after the game, those those short little bursts of losses can change. You can take you from first seed to eighth or ninth, and it's super early, and there's plenty of time uh, to to make up some of that ground. But but a team that took pride last year and and not uh, or, or or only losing two games in a row once uh, that this is this is now really early where they're facing this all over again and and it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound against rival the, the, the rival Celtics on Saturday next game I think they'll be fine I honestly I think, think so, it has but... more to do with again like there, there's two players on that roster you can't replace LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Alex Caruso or oh. <laughs> you were out you were out without one tonight and then also by the way we have to give a shout to the Detroit Pistons they don't get a ton of shout outs on this show but yeah you know Jeremy Grant last year in the playoffs I think part of what raised his profile so much, he did not have a great season. I think people don't don't really quite realize this. Mm-hmm. He was a huge negative on the on the Nuggets. When you look at the 10 guys in the rotation, one of the lowest negative guys, what he did a great job of, especially in the playoffs, was guarding wings. And in particular, LeBron James in that Lakers series. The One of the bright spots for Denver was that LeBron, yes, they won in five, a lot of close games, and People remember game five, close out LeBron scoring all those points. They forget game four. LeBron actually struggled down the stretch. And, and, and I, I don't know. I think he went scoreless or close to scoreless in game four. So you have Jeremy Grant, who I think is a guy that, whatever you think of him, is a guy that can guard really high-level players with length because he's so athletic, so long, and just so so mobile. So um, shouts to them. They don't get a lot of shout-outs in, in this show, but shout-outs to them for, for getting a win over the Lakers. Craziest stat of the season so far is Blake Griffin still hasn't dunked. What the heck? <laughs> this is so He's no Jokic. <laughs> Jokic with 10 dunks. Ten of them, baby. He's going for a career high. The uh, next game here, the Clippers go into Miami and beat the Heat 109 to 105. Uh, Batum has a nice game here, 18, 6, and 2. Bam Adebayo has kind of a, a, a whatever game by his standards, 16, 13, and 7. Uh, and and the heat like these losses just keep kind of stacking up it's it's yeah. it's getting kind of rough for them looking at the playoff picture so i said that portland was one of the teams that have been most unlucky i think miami might be the team that's been the most unlucky this year just between covid and injuries mm-hmm. and, and, and everything else and they did get tyler hero back tonight he goes eight for 21 but you're looking at a bunch of guys in and out of the lineup and tonight without Andre Iguodala, plays last night. The report says back spasms. Of course, he's getting a little bit older. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's still out with, with COVID. So uh, then you got Mo Harkless, Goran Dragic, Avery Bradley. I mean, there's just no end to the, to the amount of players that they're, they've had to play without this this season. Um, and, and so I think that's the storyline. It's a valiant effort against a, you know, uh, a good Clippers really team, good. albeit one that was out uh, without Paul George tonight. But, um, you know, unfortunately, Miami has just had the worst luck, I think, of any team so far this season. Yep. Last last game on the on the docket tonight, uh, the Phoenix Suns knock off the Golden State Warriors. And look, the, the game happened. Phoenix beats the block bricks off of uh, the Golden State Warriors without yeah. Devin Booker. And my question to you, Adam, is like, are we nearing a point here where the Warriors kind of have to reach that fork in the road and decide are we going to try to keep this thing afloat this year and try to really give have a run at it next year? Or are they going to ride this thing out and and hope that next year is is the last vestige of the window, the Steph Curry window that they might have? 
Anthony, without looking at the record, tell me what it is. I Are we talk, we're talking about a team that's five and five and twelve. Are we talking about a team four four and thirteen? No, we're talking about. tension at this moment but guess what they don't need to be they still have the trade deadline they still have some assets that they can move they still have a center who has been moved to the bench and james wiseman um you know his role reduced and that is going to cause some some you know some shakeups and, and some learning curves i if you told me like are you betting on the warriors to get there i'd say no i'm not betting on them but you don't i don't think that you give up when you're 10 and nine in a season in which there's been so much ups and downs and so many different ebbs and flows. We just talked a few weeks ago about, Oh, was the sky falling two two weeks ago? I think we talked about the sky is falling. Denver was on that list, you know, a handful of other teams. Guess what? We're two weeks later. Now Denver's the four seed in the West on a big win streak. The same could happen for the Warriors. So I get, I get it. I would agree with you. If you told Warriors, me what I was nowhere near as good as Denver, they we still have Steph Curry. They still got Draymond Green. <laughs> Draymond Green is like not an offensive threat at all, and and Steph Curry has to do so player. much. I, 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 when I say give up, I'm not saying like I, I'm, I'm saying, do you ride this out and see what you have in Wiseman and all those things, or do you, or do you try to make a deal that that makes you better this year? Like, can you turn Ubre into somebody who I helps? think they ultimately end up making a deal, but That's I don't think the deal. I don't think you need to make that deal now. The season, you're going to let it play out. You're going to see how things go. You're going to see which pieces maybe you start to get higher or lower on, and then you make your move. But for me, the Warriors some nights look great. Usually, when Steph Curry is just inferno level hot, and when he's not, they don't look good. So, <laughs> I think, but. Fortunately, Steph Curry so is inferno level hot, there. good enough, good enough, <laughs> you know, often enough that they can win some games still, bank some wins. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to list our top five, each of our top five. Your top five. I'm here. just doing your list. My list? You're not yeah, on your it? list. I'm not oh. on it. You got your list. Oh, man. Good thing I actually did my show prep here. Let's take a second and come back to that. <laughs> Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kosloff and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to the Rejecting the Screen podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right. So the first team on this list, I'm going to go in, in reverse order, right? Uh, in oh, terms you have of, these ranked? Well, kind of. All right. Like in terms of like what I would like to see and likeliness and all that stuff. It's just like odd equation that I have here, but the Los Angeles Lakers are on the list. Oh my God. Of course. As a team, I would least like to see of the five that we're talking about here. Oh, so they're the fifth most of any team. Like, all right, give me, this is a realistic Lakers package. What, 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 just like, what are the players that Washington is clamoring to get in this deal? I mean, all you really have to give up is Taylor Horton Tucker. Like he's just, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> That's basically wow. Uh, but yeah, he's so valuable actually that the uh, NBA would, would okay, not matching salaries and all of those things. Uh, but it would be Dennis Schroeder. Who's on an expiring, uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope was on a two, three year deal, I believe. And then you have Taylor Horton Tucker going there and, uh, and yeah. And then if you, if you choose to offer up a future pick, then you can do that. But like I said, this is more of a feeler. Adrian Wojnarowski actually said that, the Lakers are kind of monitoring the situation to see what the package is that, that if they can match up with it or whatever. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't make the deal 
I, I think the Lakers are good enough without it. But if that's all it takes to land somebody like Bradley Beal, then you, you kind of have to. Narrator. It was not. <laughs> it was not enough, man. I, I mean, look, sure. Yeah, it would be fun to pair Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Bradley Beal on the same team. I, I Would it be honest? honest question for you? Would it be good for the NBA to have Harden, Kyrie, KD with against LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis and Bradley Beal? The finals, yes, would be good. But would it be good for the league as a whole to be like, oh, wow. So this is much now of the, the finals. This is, and it's just also just this so much talent on these teams. I mean, honestly, I know it's hard for you to separate what is good for Anthony versus what is <laughs> what what is good for the league. But what do you, what do you think? So it's hard. On one hand, I would say no because fans of the other teams are going to be like, okay, cool. Like we just don't have a chance this year. This is this is where mm-hmm. we're at. Unless you're in the East, I think the Bucks can still argue they have a chance, and I think Boston still has a chance sure. against them. I don't think there's a team in the West that would have a chance against the Lakers. And, and in that regard, like if you're just shutting off half of the league, it wouldn't be good for it. Also, um, what's the point of just following teams for years? I mean, this is, the, this is well, part yeah. of it too, is like, you got to well, follow them that anyway. Like, like yeah, that's not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this wouldn't be like bit. some brand new move that changes that aspect of the league. Uh, but, but I, I, I would say in, in the way that it might be good for it, like you have, who's the villain there between the, the Nets and the Lakers? If they They're meet both the villain, there's no, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no hero in this journey here, Anthony. You don't think, you don't think there's like a less likable I mean, team between those they're, two? They're really, the, to me, no, there really isn't. But can I tell oh. you, this, this is one thing. Okay. You trade Alice Cruz and Taylor Horton Tucker. Those guys turn into Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball the moment they step foot in Washington. It's this, it, this stuff Whoa, happens Caruso every isn't time. in this deal. What are you talking about? Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got ahead of myself here. <laughs> <laughs> that the deal is going to glue. Let's move on. Honestly, it's not gonna, yes, in my opinion, it. it's not going to happen. Next, if it does happen, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Let's move on to some of the uh, other teams. Atlanta isn't is is my now dark horse. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I okay. like I like Atlanta, the fit here. So basically the the pieces that are going over there, you have John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, and Chris Dunn to make the 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 uh the money work. Some if pieces, you have to throw yeah, in a pick, you can make it that is, work yeah, or whatever. Pieces, yeah. But I listen to this lineup, Adam. You have Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, and Clint Capella. Not stopping a nosebleed, but you are scoring all the points. That is like one of the most fun lineups you could put out there. It's just in terms of like, yeah, I'm watching that every single single day. That's a legitimate four out with an elite rim roller, an elite pick and roll point guard. Elite shooting at high four spots. (laughs) That would be a that would be an incredibly fun lineup. And to your point, they wouldn't defend, but you know what? They not only would they score, they would be scoring the most high value. I mean, that's shooters. That that's mm-hmm. that shooters. I'm, I'm all for it. I don't know what the price is and whether that lineup is realistic or some of the other guys end up having to go out, uh, you know, this or that. But they do have some young talent. If they wanted to add a Bradley Beal, that would certainly make for a. They would make one of the most fun teams in the NBA already even more fun. I think. Yeah, I I would be all in. That would immediately become like my favorite league pass team next team on my list here you have the golden state warriors the team that we just finished talking about so in this deal you have to send out Ubre. you probably have to oh. send out <laughs> you know it's a tough it's a tough decision honestly uh according to chuck tonight he said that uh the the suns shouldn't have made the trade because they really miss kelly Oubre, kelly Ubre. yeah i heard he had some suns takes tonight i thought were interesting <laughs> interesting is one word for it uh the the other piece that has to go out, Kevin Kevon Looney 
is going out and James Wiseman has to go. Where are the assets at? Is that, are those the assets? Wiseman. And then you have the Wolves pick. So the the assets, Wiseman and the Wolves pick are are like the, you know, the the other deal, the other contracts there. So that's two really good assets. Again, I don't know about the real, I know people are going to shout in and say, Hey, not realistic for this side or that side. But what I would tell you is it doesn't matter. I don't care Um, if we're just talking about adding him to Steph Curry and Draymond Green. So you keep those two and Mm -hmm. you know, you get to add Bradley Beal. Then I'd say I'm in for it. I'm I'm, I'm good with it. Like Bradley Beal is a nice facsimile of Clay Thompson. He's different. They have different skill sets, but he gives you another guy that you're just going to have enormous gravity with. We know that style can work. And I think you can plug and play the other guys. Do I think they'd win? No. But I think that they would have a puncher's chance and they would be, you know, it'd be a really interesting piece to add to an already established group. So this one I'm also for, although I just see it a lot less likely. I actually, th- I'm higher on it, the likelihood. Hmm. Uh, but, but we don't have to get into that. So Miami is the next team on my list. And this was, this is one. So this one gets a little complicated because you have so many guys who have missed time and so many questions about people's health and like if you're Miami do you even make this trade if Jimmy Butler isn't going to be okay this this season which there are legitimate questions about this year but if if those questions are in the affirmative you would have to send out uh excuse me you'd have to send out Tyler Hero you'd probably have to send out uh Casey Casey Akpala as as like another young piece and then you just and then you have enough of the uh, enough of contracts, you know, throughout your roster to be able to make the money work. Well, just if you talk about assets, they also have Precious Achua. You know, they've got uh, mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson. Like, you, there, there's combinations of pieces that they could add to make it yeah. to make something work. But um, Bradley Beal feels like a Miami Heat player to me. He, he does, feels, doesn't he? Well, I mean, he's incredible shape, hard yeah. worker. You know, wants to win. I think he's averaging 35 points per game right now. I don't know if people realize the, the it's number. It sounds like he's leading the NBA in scoring by five points per game. Um, <laughs> yes, it's happening on a bad team, but he is just in his absolute prime right now, just showcasing himself every day saying, somebody pick me up. I want to win. So to me, he screams a Miami Heat player. The cost would be pretty steep with the style of offense that Miami runs right now. There's just so much movement. And one of the things that I think, will eventually make it work better is the threat of multiple shooters. If you do have to part ways with a Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson, you know, a a pair of these guys are, you know, just get rid of some of that. Maybe you lose too much. I don't know, but we, what we know about Pat Riley is even if it looks like, okay, now they're thin, those, that team always finds a way to pick up guys, guys from Mm -hmm. the dumpster pile and in short order, turn them into very solid high level role players. So they're a team that I think absolutely they could trade a lot of what's in their war chest to, to add Bradley Bill. I think given the way this season has gone for Miami, they could use kind of a reset button and and another good point really pursue the, they, the, the Eastern conference. How quickly would this have to happen? They're six and 12. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's one of the teams that, you know, we talked about the, the warriors kind of hurling towards decision time. I, I think Miami is kind of at decision time. And the tough thing is they're making significantly this decision. farther ahead on their decision timeline. Like they are. No, no, no. That's what, that's, what said. that's what I just said. Is that like yeah. the, the warriors are heading in that direction. The heat, you could make the they're argument there, yeah. are there. They Five are losses in a row. And now eight here. of their last lost eight of their last 10. Yeah. So they do have a bit of a soft spot of their schedule coming up. Guess what? They have Sacramento, Charlotte. These are all home games, by the way. Sacramento, Charlotte, and then back to back against who? The Washington Wizards. Ooh. You might be able to save on airfare. Just get the deal done then. <laughs> Just keep them there. Boom. <laughs> all right. The last 
and most likely team on my list are your Denver Nuggets. Wow, number one, huh? Yeah, I think it's a team that, that look, they had that incredible bubble run last year. Uh, yeah. You had Jamal Murray, it looked like, was going to really up his stock, and it hasn't really come to fruition in that way this year. They have the young piece in Michael Porter Jr. If they don't want to part ways with Jamal Murray, they have the contracts to make it work. And I have been, Adam, you know this, at least once a month, I say to you, hey, when are they going to go all in? When are they going to cash these chips and really try to optimize the Jokic window here? And and I feel like Beal is the perfect player to do so. Um, he might be. I, here's the thing about Denver. They're the number three offense in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. This is with guys that aren't making shots. This is with Michael Porter's missed most of the season. I think he's probably their second or third best offensive weapon. Right. I know he's their second or third best option offensively. He might be number two already ahead of Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, the way he's playing, the way both guys have been playing so far this year. So they're already the number three offense. Does Bradley Beal make him better? No question. No question he does. But when you're number three, going from three to number one, that's a little bit of a jump. Does he help you defensively? I don't know that he does. And so a little bit, he solves a, bit, a problem you don't, who, who is he replacing? In my scenario, I have him replacing Jamal Murray. Okay. So it's inter- that's another interesting question is who do people think that he should replace? Is it Jamal Murray? Is it Michael Porter Jr.? Those are the two who would people you, you would look like, at. Who would you feel more like, who would, who would hurt the least to, to lose between those two players? Cause I think you have to lose one of them. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the easy answer is Michael Porter Jr. because he's the newest one. You know, he has the injury risk, you know, and, and he just hasn't quite fully formed into the Nuggets yet, even though he's averaging more points per game at this moment than my, than Jamal Murray ever has. I don't know if people realize that. He's averaging 19 <laughs> points per game. It's crazy. Yeah. People don't, I, w- I want to read out Michael Porter Jr.'s stat line just so people kind of have an appreciation for where he's Small at. Small sample size, though, right? Because he missed a lot of time. Actually, I look. I read this back. He's averaging 18.3 points per game, which is about what Jamal Murray averaged last year. Murray's averaging 19 right now. Okay. So he's, he's ahead of him just, just barely, albeit on 10 f- seven fewer minutes per game. He's shooting 56% from the field, 47% from three on six and a half attempts. This guy has been an insanely efficient scorer. And if mm-hmm. you go back and just look at the shots he takes – pretty tough shots. He's an elite <laughs> tough shot maker yeah. and he's able to put up nearly 20 points per game on just insane efficiency. I think of all players shooting at least six threes a game, I think he's second in efficiency right now behind only Paul George who got off to that incredibly hard, hot start and they're within like 0.5 percentage points of each other. Hmm. So um, really just a high level score. That being said, Jamal Murray and Jokic have a chemistry that I think is number one in the NBA. Just if you just talk about chemistry, not most effective two-man game, but the, the best chemistry. Mm-hmm. They've been playing together now for five seasons. And I think saying now building off that momentum, you're going to go in and have to build a whole new chemistry with Bradley Beal, a whole new chemistry with Michael Porter. Denver probably takes a step back before they take a step forward. But so so it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I think I, I, you know, because you can make the contracts work with Gary Harris and with Will Barton and with MPK. Denver has pieces to make a contract work. That makes and they them, also have a trade exception, a large well, trade exception. I, I'm just talking about like from a because if you if you don't send out uh, if you send out Jamal Murray, you don't have to send out one of those other contracts, right? Because he's been paid. And you and probably, so you probably get that deal done without any other assets. I know. I think, I think Bradley so. Bill's the better player. He's averaging ten more points per game. But Jamal Murray is on the first year of a five-year contract. He's twenty-three years old. Like 
that that's a great asset if you're trying to start over. Maybe a pick, like you, you maybe send over a pick just so it looks. I, I think just in terms of I'm, cu- I'm curious if that's what, I'm curious if it, I'm curious if that was what it, co- it would cost. Because I, mm. I think that when you look at it, if you're Washington, you're not getting equal value for value, but you are getting five years, which is so much better than two years, right? You get five years to say, okay, we're going to build around alongside Jamal Murray, this or that. So is your best lineup at that point would be what Monte Morris, Bradley, if you send out Murray, no, I think it'd be Bradley Beal and Gary Harris as your backcourt Bradley Beal. Okay. Be, I mean, Jokic, Jamal Murray's not exactly a point guard. You know, he's a great pick mm-hmm. and roll player. So Denver already plays with the point center. So I think it, I think Gary Harris stays as your shooting guard. That'd be, that'd be, I, I'm in. I want to see it happen. That's going to do it, though, for for our uh, Bradley Beal destinations. There are a ton of them, by the way. Like this is not this is not a story. I'm sure Adam and I are going to wind up talking about this again later this year. I would imagine. So uh, we'll come back to that later. In a second, though, we are going to talk about the uh, Adams surprising, surprising teams in the NBA and and uh, how he feels on either side of that coin i'm looking forward to this one i don't know if it's going to be as explosive as last week's where it's where not, really two isn't. times over we were yelling at each other but but we'll, <laughs> we'll see where it goes <laughs> get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new locked on today podcast peter bukowski hosts locked on today in a daily podcast breaking down the biggest sto- news stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so how many teams, uh, did you have like five teams on, you know, surprising good, surprising bad? How did you do this? I've got five total teams. I have no honorable mentions. I have five teams and that's, it's just most, teams I'm most surprised by. So maybe this is just more, what was Adam's expectations and and where is he at? But um, all right. We'll go quickly through this one. Number five, the Phoenix Suns. Now they win tonight. And so they're on my list, but you know, they started out so hot. They're now nine and eight. After that really hot start, they had a couple close games against Denver, you know, that had they gone the other way, I think we'd still be talking about them and what a surprising start they had. They didn't go both go to overtime. They both lose. And, and so now they're down at, at nine and eight, but you know, they were a team that's doing six, no in the bubble. You had Chris Paul, I think they're easily a playoff team. And I think right now they are the top of that second wave of teams. And we're talking, this is if you just basically break the, the everybody in the West into two tiers, not multiple tiers. But if you have mm-hmm. that top tier, you've got Utah and the Clippers and the Lakers and the Nuggets that look like, okay, these were, we expected them to be there. They're all there in some order. Mm-hmm. Then you got the next wave of players that are like, okay, this looks like the guys contending for that next wave. And I think Phoenix is at the top of that list. So a surprise to me, because I thought they were going to be more of a, seven eight nine ten contender not you know maybe not a five contender i'd still like for them to have one or two more veterans they rely really heavily on some really young players and for playoff teams that doesn't usually go too well and you know and now maybe maybe this is just their timeline right this is just their timeline where where they're okay with where they how they compete this year and then they get that experience and then those young players turn into veterans eventually maybe that's maybe that's the 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 path that they're on, but if they are interested in contending this year, I'm not even talking about a trade, like just pick up somebody when, when, as guys get bought out, that's, that's just somebody to to add to the rotation who has a little bit more experience. So their veterans are basically Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. Everybody else on that roster is to your point, extremely young. And so that is a real question. It's a philosophical one. They're good enough now, in my opinion, to be a playoff team and get that much needed experience. Maybe they win a round. Maybe they get there, they beat, they knock somebody off. It's a Cinderella run. But I think that that's where they they probably top out. 
do you stick with what you have now and you get that experience for Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, um, you know, uh, all, all the other young pieces that they have on, on that team? Or do you try to cash a few of those guys in and try to throw your hat in the ring? To me, it's a tough, tough call. But to me, I think this would be a great year to get that much needed experience. Chris Paul becomes a $40 million expiring contract next year. That becomes an incredible trade ash that should you want to push those chips in. So that's the way I would play it. But I like to build slow. I like watching the young guys play. <laughs> You're more of a, see, I, when I grill my steaks, I put my heat way up. I go three <laughs> minutes on each side. I get the nice yeah. deep grill marks you and go. stuff. You're more yeah. of like a smoker. You just sit out there for eight hours. Nice and tender, juicy. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, what's your next surprise team? Next surprising team, and this is in part, they should be more surprising, except for I didn't have a lot of faith in them going in, the New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony, mm. they are 6-10. Six 6-10, and, ten. Six and ten, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Everything is falling apart for them. They are not a good basketball team. All of those pieces I was told, Anthony Davis, the, are the Pelicans getting too much? Did David Griff, did he fleece the Lakers? The I Lakers mean, should send over so. like one more piece. Just, they really should. <laughs> the league needs to step in and do something. No, they're six and ten, and you know it is. They're six and ten isn't quite out of it. Like I don't. Mm -hmm. We do this every year where we declare a team dead, and then we're just like, well, we felt foolish. I don't buy them though. I just don't think that they look like a team that I like, and they look like a team that was not constructed well. Lonzo Ball looks like a piece that absolutely does not belong on that team long term, and now he's going into a contract year, and it's tough to move him because I'm not sure what how many teams are going to want him. Uh, JJ Redick looks like a piece that they need to move, and again, I, I, what value are you going to get there? So, even the question now, I'm, Pelicans fans are going to murder me for saying this. I look at them and I wonder if Brandon Egram is. And Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson are a duo. I think they're both very good players, clearly. But I wonder if that's a duo or if that's two good pieces that the earlier you figure out that they're not a duo, the better. And you try to get another young piece that's a duo. I was thinking about putting New Orleans on my list for Bradley Beal. Like, I, mm. I think they're they're I think they're a team that uh, is is not not for the same reasons as Miami, but but similarly to Miami kind of needs to hit a reset button they're so sad they don't defend the steven adams zion williamson combo is not working adams can't defend anybody in the pick and roll and like you're looking at so if you're if you're at any given time when you have zion out there and you have adams out there and you have ingram out there and you have lonzo out there and you have bledsoe out there who's your shooters you're yeah. playing, you're playing offense in in a in a broom closet, and and I just don't think that that's a, a very good way to groom Zion at, at this stage of his career. I I understand why they would be interested in moving Redick, but I would consider keeping him around just so that I have any spacing whatsoever. <laughs> He's the only person who provides any spacing, and 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 here you are with this super sad team. And they've got some ugly L's, you know, in their recent history, Minnesota, you know, they got Charlotte, Oklahoma city. So they're, they're just, uh, they're, they're on my list. Number three, the Toronto Raptors. They're another one of these ones that a little bit, some of this is circumstantial, but um, you know, they're another one. They're, they're sitting right now at seven and 11, their season by no means over. Cause thankfully, I don't know if you knew this, they're in the Eastern conference where they're just a game out of the eight seed. And we all know how things can change there, but they're, they're a team. I just thought they were like a surefire you know, top six team or something out West. And they, they look so far like they're not that. I'm sorry. I said Toronto. I meant Tampa Bay. Wait, what you said? Oh, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you threw me off there. Uh, you started, you got me started thinking about the uh, Super Bowl, but the, the Pascal Seattle Siakam deal, 
he's getting $30 million a year. Do you think they regret that? Like if you were to, if you were to actually ask Raptors fans, like if that was a deal that they would hand out again, do you think if, 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 if I was asked to ask Raptors fans? Yes. If I was asked to ask Toronto's front office, no, he's a good player, man. He's a good player. I mean, we, we do this all the time with Draymond green. You were doing this earlier, like the great elite player. Got to be a right system. Got to be a right team for him to really shine. But right now, it's not that. It's not looking like that. But he'll be good. He's good now. He'll be good again. And he's movable. There's a lot of teams that could use him. All right, thirty million dollars is a lot to pay for somebody who has to be in the right system. That's you're, a you're lot. talking about an NBA champion. Number two on my list. <laughs> number two on my list. The Utah okay. Jazz, the number one team in all of the NBA. Anthony, you did not have that on your bingo card. I don't care what you said. You did not have that on your bingo. <laughs> no, card. I did because I literally talked to David today, and he was. <laughs> Chewing my ear off about, about how great the Utah Jazz are. 14 and four. They're on a 10 game winning streak. They have a great point differential plus 7.8. I think that's third best in the NBA. But mm-hmm. more to the point, they just over the last really over this winning streak, they just seem to really be clicking better and better. We talked about continuity coming into the season and how important that would be. They are the team that I think most embodies that continuity and uh, they just look fantastic. I think it's early. It's too early to say this for a team that's never proven it, but they look at this moment like a true contender. I don't think they look like a team that just happened to get some wins early. They Mm -hmm. look to me like, all right, that's a good team. That's a good team. Yeah. Uh, The way David put it to me and I, and and I'm just going to go ahead and quote him on this one. Basically all of the, the win differential or the point differential teams, they make sense right now with, with where their point differential is. And we've reached that point now here with Utah too, where their point differential matches their talent level. My only question with Utah is come postseason time, do their wings, are their wings good enough defensively to deal with the Kawhis, the Paul Georges, the LeBrons, the et cetera's. Yeah. You talked about what point differential that those teams, if you just look at like the top, all the teams above, we'll say four, cause there's a big drop off after that. It goes in order bucks, Lakers, jazz, Clippers, nuggets, nets. Mm-hmm. And then it, it surprisingly Philadelphia 76ers are net. I think their point differential maybe hides a little bit of the story. I think they probably belong a little bit higher, but those teams, if you ask me, those, that is the top tier in, in the NBA. So yep. we'll see. And then number one team uh, I, we talked about them already, but it's Miami. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on them. Uh, snake bitten um, quite a bit, but they, they're sitting right now with the fourth worst record in the NBA. They went to the NBA finals four months ago, three months ago, two months ago. I don't remember. It hasn't been that long. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> and since then, man, just uh, a, a string of bad luck. So the, the, the one, one that really makes me nervous here is not just that Jimmy Butler has been dealing with COVID the way that he has, but apparently losing weight and and you're talking about potential long-term impact on maybe on him yeah. here potentially i'm saying i don't want to speculate about a player's health in that way and i know you don't either but i'm just saying i don't i don't want to make people think something that we have any kind of information about we don't we, we don't, don't we don't so we don't i'm just saying i'm just saying like we're reaching the point now in their season that if that's what it is then then the season is gone then the season they, they need to done. find it's not in Pat Riley to to tank a season, even in a great draft year, although it would be very Miami to have a bad year. The one year where there's all these crazy walk away. Um, <laughs> but but Miami, they are at six and 12 and they do need to get the ball rolling again. Thankfully, they're in the east. They can they can slow play this one and <laughs> and maybe sneak in. In fact, as I'm slow looking at themselves it here, a brisket. they are they are a mere game and a half out of the eight seed. So all is not lost. Of course. God bless the Eastern Conference. Way to go, guys. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On 
NBA podcast. Uh, we will be back. Adam and I will be back next week to take you guys through uh, Thursday night's games and the storylines from across the NBA. If you want a more localized listen of what's going on, uh, you can tune into any of these shows. Really cool new feature that we're doing too. So you have the Locked On to or Locked On Today show that takes you through all of sports. But on any given night, if you're on Twitter and your game played a game, your team played a game that you weren't able to tune into, check out Locked Out Look Locked On Now uh, for quick recaps from all of the team's hosts across the entire network. So, a lot of cool stuff going on here at the network. Thank you guys for all the support through it. Until next week, this is Adam and Anthony saying have a good one. <laughs>